0: It's the foot-balliest time of the year With quarterbacks throwing and tailgaters ready for some brats and beer It's the foot-balliest time of
1: the year Fourth fans we made it the football season we made it to September let's talk about all of it with our pals Kevin Hedge and Eddie Spaghetti fanduelcom slash minus three the word minus the number three is how you bet along with us and you know what we don't have such big egos that we mind if you fade us either way Join your pals here and follow along all the fun at minus three pot on social media. Like I say, football's here. What are we looking forward to? Mahomes v. Brady again. We'll see about that. But first, we'll see Brady v. Dak. Cam out. Mack in. Last ride for Big Ben in Pittsburgh. Russell Wilson in Seattle. We don't know about that. Aaron Rodgers up in Lambeau. And before any of that, there's the greatest week one in college football history. Plus, Red Sox and Yanks on a collision course for nine. Nine innings to settle all hash. Who's the second best team in the American League East? Like I say, let's chop it all up with our guy from Boston, Massachusetts, ready to react for you about the big news. Mac Jones, getting the starting oh game my for the Patriots. It's-, it's Hench. What's the poop, fella?
0: Well, as you can imagine, I'm over the moon, just so excited about the Mac Jones era in in New England. Why? Why? why I, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I got to yeah.
1: jump in your way very quickly. I got to jump in your way very quickly on this one. Cause I can't wait to hear your reaction. And by the way, we have best bets coming for you. The main event this week, Hench with all due respect to Mac Jones and otherwise is college football's arrival. And I do encourage you need demand that you go back and listen to Andy Staples. We recorded with him just 24 hours ago. He gets you right. Not just for week one, but for the entire 2021 college football season. But The assumption, I think, if you haven't been listening to Minus 3 over the last six months or so, you've missed that Hench has been out on Cam Newton and was, by what, week four, week five of 2020? Is that about right, Hench? So that's why you're over the moon. I don't think it's a universal
0: opinion, or it wasn't six weeks ago, that, like, yeah, Mac Jones, he's the answer. Uh, Well... Cam Newton, definitely not the answer. So that's one of your answers, not him. That's one of your answers. And then, I i mean, Spaghetti and I were talking, if well, you know, while we did the thing of fucking waiting for you every week to get into the studio. That's so crazy. we talked that's for a couple necessary. 10 minutes about Mac Jones. Okay. We don't understand where, what's the demerit? Why are people not so sure about this guy? He makes all the throws. All he does is throw guys open. He dominated at the highest level you can in college. Then it's like, well, because he had Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell, like those guys get separation. Then he goes into the preseason. He's playing with absolute junk. Uh, he's All the passes are on the money. Every passes. I, I don't see any reason to doubt this guy. I don't even know what the experts are doubting about him. Um, he makes all the throws. He's coming into a user-friendly system and he's and and the Patriots are going to win 11 games and we're on another 20 year run of uh, a Super I Bowl I do
1: The very end part is what I agree with a well, lot, not the 20 year part perhaps, but I do agree with you about the 11 wins and them being in the playoff picture and, In fact, I think they have a great shot at knocking off the Bills. And in fact, that is my pick in the AFC East now. I do think that the Patriots, I'll tell you why in a second, but your opinion on Mac Jones is obviously informed by not his immediate predecessor, but the guy, if we remove Cam from the equation, the guy before that, it's the, you're looking Mac Jones, pigskin doppelgangers, Mac Jones and Tom Brady line up. Neither one Has a specific trait that is the best, certainly coming out of their powerhouse uh, uh, college program, right? I mean, that's you're saying, like, well, Tom Brady did it, so this guy should be able to do it too. Yeah,
0: but well, concave chest, right? Zero muscle mass, right? Mediocre arm, check all the things we look for in a quarterback in New England. This is these are this is the scouting report. Um, you know, so. I, I just, I don't really under, I don't know why he fell to 15 and I don't know why uh, people still are doubting him. You know, the national championship game is a pretty big stage. He shredded them. I mean, shredded. So, uh, you know, and, and I think McDaniels is a is a great fit for him. Like, I, I can't imagine a better situation. So you asked me, like, how am I feeling in September on the eve of football season I'm not thinking about the Georgia Clemson game. I know we'll talk about it, but the reason I'm in a good mood is because the Patriots are going to be so much better than we had any right to think they would be when we were stuck in the, the Cam Newton mediocre nightmare. Now we've been freed from that yoke. The Mac Jones era is underway. And I'll tell you something that Spaghetti and I share that you, you don't get to experience every September. So when our baseball teams start to fade, We have football season is like when every fucking player on the Red Sox gets COVID, it would be devastating. Except that football season's here and Mac Jones is the Patriots starting quarterback and I don't know what baseball is. I'm like, Uh, I've forgotten what baseball is.
1: Point of fact. I do remember as a wee child, the wives of the Pittsburgh Pirates jumping up on the dugout to dance to We Are Family back in 1979. So I have experienced what it feels like. October with the Coke spawn.
0: dealer? With the Coke dealer mascot? That's mascara. right. Okay. Yeah, he jumped
1: great. up there, too. That's where they got that energy. You know, They oh, give me something upbeat to boogie to. Um, Bert Blylevin's on the hump now. He closed out the Red Lakes to send the, the Buccos to the World Series to beat the Orioles. So I see. I remember that. Was a, it was like it was yesterday to me. Um, first of all, uh, I'm, I'm trying to provide some devil's advocate, devil's damashek, for, for your uh, overflowing confidence here. What are we? What are we to take away from Mac Jones? I don't know. The same thing we would take away from Tua doing it in that same Alabama juggernaut, and the same thing we would take away from Jalen Hurts. Neither one of them necessarily has thrived so far. So maybe you could look at it like that. Maybe you could look at it the same way you would look at those USC teams. Matt Lineard, everybody was very excited about when he came out. It turned out he was a passenger on the juggernaut train led by Reggie Bush and uh, pro-level offensive linemen and so on and so forth. I mean, there's some reason to be skeptical. The only reason you're not is because of the 20 years you just are coming off of with Tom Brady, another, as you say, guy who seems like yeah, he's just like a regular guy who, who's smart. His brain is gooder than well, the other you know, people the, on the, the teams uh, on the other
0: teams. The one thing you know, one one of the McShay types, somebody who's paid to make these analyses, was like, he's he's goes he's got the best rapid read going through his progressions. Like of the five guys, he had the, he was the fastest through his progressions, and I think that's the entire sport. I don't, I don't think there is anything else. I don't, I, I, I mean, yes, occasionally you have to make that crazy, you know, that, that Mahomes arm opens up plays that aren't available to every quarterback, but basically if you can find the open guy faster than the other guy, like that's, that's the whole sport, which guy's open, give him the ball. And so I feel like, you know, watching him in the preseason, he went through his progressions very fast. He found, I mean, and you're again, you're talking about cr- crappy receivers. Um, and he found guys that were open. He threw guys open. Even you know he even some of his incompletes were uh, were the perfect throw. Like so you know, obviously I have the Alabama game film and I have preseason, and I've just yet to see the guy making misreads, making huge mistakes, forcing the ball into pick sixes. Um. So I'm. I'm out of my mind. I'm so excited. I. I. This. We were going to be in the QB wilderness for how. how, Who knows how long. And and now we're not. Now. Well, no,
1: you weren't because as as I as I have to say, I feel like 17 times a week and remind everybody full QB saturation is here. Cam Newton, a borderline Hall of Famer, who now probably wouldn't make it if he decides to retire today. Although, if he decides to have an act three with Carson Wentz's nonsense into the microphone on Thursday announcing it's a personal choice. Why can't you respect my personal choice like I respect everybody else's? Because your personal choice is affecting the rest of us. That's why. Or the people in your company, that's why, and is ultimately going to cause your team to get to lose at least a game or two. That's not a huge, wild swing prediction, and the same thing is going to happen in other football towns when their quarterback can't take the shot. That's going to negatively impact the team's final results. But I think Cam Newton, if you dropped him into, Indianap- into Indianapolis, that, that Colts team would be better than they are going to be with Carson Wentz, and I think they could actually contend for a division crown if they would. As it is, though, as I say, I'm going Patriots now to beat the Bills. Bet that at FanDuel.com slash minus three. I don't have to ask you, Hench, if that's your bet, right? I mean, that, you're, you're now all in on this. Yeah, but is this our segue into our picks? We can get into our picks if you'd like to. I, I Listen, I love hearing your your confidence in this, if only because it it, it allows us to ingest well, more and more to, of you in audio and visual. Your, your great confidence owed to the one weird success story of Brady somehow making it a guarantee that Mac Jones is going to be the same thing. In fact, you know what you say? Why wasn't this guy all – why wasn't everybody more in on Mac Jones? who would be in on mac jones if not for what tom brady had just done maybe tom brady showed up all the personnel guys in pro football with his uh, his deeds the last two decades but he doesn't present mac jones any more than tom brady did but it's funny that tom brady's success probably makes it like well this kid from alabama like he he doesn't have that a plus arm and he doesn't have the physique or anything but Oh, he reminds us of Brady is basically the reason that he was even in the conversation to be the the number 1 or number 2 pick behind uh, by, behind uh, Trevor Lawrence,
0: right? Um I'm no guessing spaghetti? I'm guessing destroying every defense he faced in college football and winning the national championship also had something to do with why people were talking about him. Hey, well, if you that. think that
1: well, look he, just like Tom Brady he sat behind a high pedigree guy until his last year that's I mean that's it's not that dissimilar
2: to add also like why would Saban bring in a guy to the University of Alabama who wasn't going to be a good quarterback like it's I don't a- know why
1: Lloyd Carr bring Tom Brady to Michigan that's not what, I know we all assume Michigan is is some mid-level Big Ten or bottom uh feeder in the Big Ten but remember Michigan was was an elite program when Tom Brady went there, you know, it's a, it, they're, they're not, it's not a crazy comparison to make. I'm a, what I'm saying is because of Tom Brady's deeds, n- that makes it like, ooh, maybe that's another Tom Brady there. Cause he's not Trey Lance, but he's like Brady and, I, but you're exactly right, Hedge. The reason that Brady and Peyton and Breeze succeeded in the NFL is because, they step to the line of scrimmage, and they can say like, "That's where the ball should go." There, it's it's not even after the snap of the re of the progressions. It's knowing where the ball should go. It's identifying, as they say, Waldo, who's the weak link on the defense. We're targeting that guy. We're throwing the ball in that guy's direction because he's not going to be able to stop, and we're going to hammer that guy all day long until the defensive coordinator takes that guy off the field. That's exactly the uh, the mean-spirited kind of Josh McDaniels, Tom Brady approach that eviscerated NFL defenses. And it never made sense, except that it made all the sense in the world. And by the way, it makes all the sense in the world to me too, like we talked about last week, that the Patriots are now structured to zig against the high-octane offenses of the AFC. I, even, you know, our pal Jeff Schwartz will tell you that it's a losing approach against the Chiefs to say we're just going to play keep away from Patrick Mahomes and largely I agree with that point like you can't just you know run the ball and spin the clock and Mahomes is going to smoke you if you try to do that except when they did that in the AFC title game a few years ago it did work that when the Patriots did that I I think those two new tight ends and the speed that is going to require that you, that obviously you pay attention to the speed on the outside. I think they're just going to truck teams and they're going to frustrate Josh Allen and they're going to frustrate Tua and Zach Wilson and, and and everybody else in the AFC. And I think they're going to, like you say, 11 wins is just about right. And they're going to win that AFC East this year. And you know,
0: you got to figure play action is going to be pretty convincing with that running game. And so, you know, coming out of play action into, you know, Jonu Smith uh, with, with some yards after catch, James White. Like, I just think there are a lot of things in that offense where you're going to be like, wow, it didn't seem like Mac Jones did that much. Except that he was 15 for 21 for 189 yards and they won by two touchdowns. So anyway, all right, we agree on that. Well, uh, Spaghetti, I just want to hear
1: officially who's your AFC East pick here? Because this is not a, a pro Patriots podcast. It's only one third
2: of pro. Uh, well, I did say to to Henshaw, while I'm weirdly like rooting for Mac Jones to do well, and I know people still love the Buffalo Bills, and I don't necessarily dislike the Bills. The pick I've been kind of pumping for months now, and I'm not going to shy away from that. Is I'm a big believer in Flores and the Miami Dolphins. I think they're going to sneakily going to win the AFC. So that's I'm going to ride Ooh, with that pick. Okay, yeah, I think that's fine. I'm a Tua I think- guy. I think their 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 draft this past year. I'm telling you, this draft we're going to look back. i like, how did Miami pull off all those players getting Eichenberg and Jalen Flo- like there and and Waddle, and they they have a pass rusher, a left tackle, a right tackle, a dynamic receiver. Tua has like got is a good receiving core now for Tua. Um, you know, Flores came out and said he really, really trusted him. And too, it was like, that actually meant a lot to him. So he has the confidence now. I'm going to buy, I know it sounds cheesy, but uh, I'm, I'm going to buy into that.
0: Okay. Well, I, I don't, I don't hate that pick, but what, what I do find hilarious is, um, you, 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 you ask a girl out to the prom and, and it, and it doesn't work out. And then you say, baby, baby, baby to the next girl. You're my girl all along. Like I saw a, You must read the paper like you must know that there were high-level discussions to not have you be the quarterback anymore. And why would you so much as return a phone call with with the damaged goods of Deshaun Watson if you were like, we're we're set at quarterback. (laughs) Here's one thing we don't have to talk to anybody about because we are set at quarterback. It's like, okay, we'll take the PR hit of Deshaun Watson – how much do you not believe? And then for whatever reason, they go three first round draft picks. We're like, well, that's too rich for our blood. Um, you got to go up to the podium and say he's our guy.
1: Hank, oh, you, oh, real- you be to- you be Tua, okay. and I'll be Coach Flores. Okay, you can I call defend me myself up <laughs> to ask to a- yeah, you can defend yourself, but first no, okay. We're that recreating. To we're recreating Tua okay. calling Coach Flores to find out. Okay, um, it, what what about your is, are the Dolphins looking at at this at, okay. at
0: the damage goods that is Deshaun? Okay, here it. we yeah. go. The ring, the ring.
1: Got to let it ring a couple of times. I want to be the there. ring. I'm the head man. I gotta. Oh my god, there.
0: honey, he's not even gonna answer. He's not even gonna pick up. They might have already. I might have already been cut.
1: Go for Coach Flores.
0: Oh hey, Coach, it's Tua. Tua, no. I, I can't pronounce. Oh right, name. right,
1: right. Our our uh, our current QB.
0: Yeah. Hey, I just was, I was like kind of scrolling. I know you told me not to, but I was kind of scrolling ESPN. And um, are you guys, are you guys looking to get a quarterback?
1: Deshaun Watson is a very talented young man and, and uh, he'd look great in our turquoise and orange.
0: Uh, Yeah, but I'm here. I mean, you have me. He's better. You have me.
1: He's better than you.
0: Well, do you remember that? You remember that throw? Against Georgia in the national title game, remember that? Remember when yeah. you first... Fell, remember when you first fell in love with me?
1: Fitz Magic's better than you.
0: I mean, that was that was just a few games that I couldn't finish because the old man had to come in and and, and clean up my mess. But I, I'm better this year. I promise.
1: Th- Deshaun would be better
0: than you. Uh, well, okay, okay, fair enough. But let's just say that deal doesn't go through. Would you? Would you be willing to like? go to the podium and say, I'm your guy. If it doesn't go through.
1: I mean, we really have our fingers crossed. Let's cross that bridge when we come to it. Cause I mean, Deshaun okay. Watson could okay. be a transformational franchise okay. quarter. I mean the real deal. You know what I okay. mean? Not, okay, I, I don't mean a
0: placeholder. I mean
1: the, yeah. the real okay.
0: deal. Okay. Well, okay. But let, okay. If you, if you can't get Deshaun Watson and you can't get Fitzmagic back and, and Chad Pennington and Jay Fiedler, are also unavailable, then I'm your guy, right? For sure. For sure I'm your guy. Uh, let, I bad connect, Can't
1: just a quick just Ida, a quick Ida's messing up the phone. Like a conference call, call,
0: call with reporters Con- to say I'm your guy? Yeah. Let, Nothing. Uh, I lost him. Uh, He's gone. Coach is gone. <laughs> That was good. My only note would be that
1: you have to bring up the, uh, the off the field issues. Aren't those a concern coach? Yeah, but we're willing to deal with them. Anything to replace you.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Just to defend myself. Well, with the Deshaun thing obviously as a football player, I'm not talking about the off the field stuff. It was up to me. He shouldn't. The fact that we're talking about Deshaun Watson still is crazy. He shouldn't be allowed to play in the NFL, but whatever. Let's him as a football player. There's maybe one single handful of teams that would say they're not going to move their quarterback for Deshaun Watson. So I don't blame the Dolphins necessarily for doing that. I don't think that's an indictment on two. I think it's just like he is a top three to five quarterback, but with two, a number one coming off the hip injury. I'm not a doctor, but I could, I could see why that injury may need some extra time to heal and become fully right. And the other thing was, too, is last offseason was a COVID virtual offseason. He's coming into the league not fully understanding stuff. I could see a huge jump for him in year two, so that's why I, I kind of side with Tua.
1: I agree with all that. I, I do question, though, because a one size doesn't fit all, and they say, hey, you know, uh, iron sharpens iron and all that kind of stuff. But that doesn't work for every human being who plays quarterback in in pro football. Some guys don't like it. I We saw that... You know, uh the one I always think about is is Mark Sanchez. That accelerated his demise as the Jets when they brought in Tebow. He just didn't respond well to that. Um, Jalen Hurts, it would appear, did respond just fine to Tua replacing him. I I didn't get the vibe coming off of Tua though last year when Fitzmagic Magic came in to save a game or three. I didn't get the vibe off two. It's like, what ifs? That's cool. I, I I didn't I didn't I I felt like he... It hurt his feelings, and I think that's why they, the Dolphins had to explain this, which for my, from my, from where I sit, if I were a quarterback in the NFL, I'd be like, you want to replace me? That hurts my feelings. I I, I mean, I'd obviously be a head case, and that is reason number 237. I shouldn't be your NFL uh, starting quarterback. But, but I, I mean, I just don't think that two necessarily responds well to hearing, like, you want somebody else, especially a guy who's damaged goods. It's not... It, your your hypothetical spaghetti is like, yeah, but without that other look, stuff, he's one of the best in the league. But that other stuff does exist, and they're still trying to get him. Yeah. What a slap in yeah. the yeah, face to a, Tua. To
0: a, we think we have such a hole at quarterback that <laughs> we – our public relations department, we actually are looking into if Trevor Bauer can throw a football. We're so <laughs> not concerned about the PR because you we're so unsure of you. By the way, um. Bill Belichick doing the exact opposite thing, right? Bill Belichick, Tua's got a shadow of a guy who's not even on the team looming. Like we'd rather have this guy. And Belichick said, it's yours, buddy. It's yours. This guy's gone. He's not, you know, and, and I think that's the right move. I think it's funny. I think there are probably,
1: there are a couple of reasons why. And I guess we don't really need to pick it apart at this point. I, I would be fascinated because I've been on Cam Newton is headed to Canton for about six years now, and it's starting to look like a bad prediction on my part. Um, or it started to it look started bad about two years like ago, two and a half years ago. The
0: first time you said it No, out loud. it didn't. No, no, and shame the devil. Sal shame on you for saying that. Sal and I attacked you. We simultaneously tackled you to the ground and said, do not ruin all the credibility you've established in your career. First of all, I haven't established anything. But that Cam Newton is going to Canton. He was, on, he was on track to go to the Hall of Fame.
1: Now things have gotten sideways. However, I'm still not willing to give up on it. If he goes, to, I mean, to the point about there being good quarterbacks everywhere, Cam Newton has his choice, it would seem, of where he could go. He certainly could go to the the Houston Texans right now. That would not be a desirable spot for anybody. But like I say, if you put him in a place like Philadelphia is interesting. Indianapolis is definitely interesting. Or how about, since we've been talking about it, the Miami Dolphins? Our pal, like Taylor, pre- predicts that Cam would be a great fit there. If we know anything, we know that Flores isn't over the moon about Tua, or else we wouldn't be hearing about all this Watson stuff. May as well take an imperfect solution in Cam and, and make him the backup down there. Hey. Right?
0: You know how you you know you see win probability now on every game, right? You see where, you know, the the Matt Barnes comes in for the Red Sox, they had a 92% chance of winning and they lose. So, if you were if you had um Cam Newton Canton probability, right? Like if you were tracking Cam Newton on his way to the Hall of Fame, when Von Miller just takes the ball away from him, that's the mo- that, that's the moment that probability starts to go down, right? It's like this guy's, this guy's the MVP. He's got his team in the Super Bowl. There's no way this guy won't end up in Canton. What's happening? Why is the defensive – uh, that guy's got – that's a touchdown. Oh, God, they're getting crushed. He can't move the ball, and, and then it's just been a steady- – He was
1: tired from carrying a mediocre Carolina team all year long. He went 15-1 throwing the ball to Ted Ginn Jr. and to Philly Brown. That, I mean, you know, uh, he ran out of gas, I guess, against one of the great defensive also, players in the history of football. That,
0: you know, you talk about Tua's hip. Like, not enough was made. I know I know you were one of the few people who, who pointed this out, but, like, for about a season and a half straight, you were allowed to spear Cam Newton in the head. That was just like a special separate rule. Every other quarterback... <laughs> If you if you touch him, if you miss the strike zone by a quarter of an inch, that's fifteen yards. Oh, Cam Newton, you can just lead with your helmet in the side of his head. That's fine. Like it, it was crazy how he was treated like a tight end when when every other quarterback was getting the Brady treatment. And well, and I, that's I, right, think that took a toll.
1: You actually, the three of us can uh, can feel that pain, and not just because we're empaths by nature. Gronk is that it, it, it's one of the truths. It's one of the paradoxical truths of sports. If you're the biggest dude on the field, you're the one who takes the biggest beating. Shaq, Mario Lemieux, Eric Lindros, Gronk, Mark Bavaro, uh, and now Cam. Yeah, well, he's, he's running. He's, he's he's a runner now. We're, we have to get him down. Like, you're not allowed to spear any runner on the field, let alone the QB. What are you talking about? Anyway, all right. Good talk on the Patriots, uh, Muzzle Tub, I guess, on the next 15 years. I, I, I really do, on some level. I, I love talking about the best matchups that we could possibly get in the Super Bowl, regardless of how realistic it is. Man, come on. If we could get Belichick v. Brady in a Super Bowl, it would just be something. What what if Brady had to look into the eyes of Mac Jones before in, in uh, mid-February here in Los Angeles? I, it's a dream. It's too big a dream. I'll take it.
0: I'll take it. But, you know, what would also be an interesting reunion in Los Angeles is a it would be a rematch of Super Bowl I, played spaghetti, played between...
2: It would be the Green Bay Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, my man. All right. He's getting better.
0: That would be pretty good. That would be pretty good.
2: When they play at SoFi?
0: No, my number one, my number one dream Super Bowl would be the Patriots versus the Detroit Lions. (laughs) <laughs> okay. my dream.
1: but that it would have to be dream, patricia's that Do I get you, to
0: pick the teams yeah okay that's my dream
1: you have to reinstall matt patricia to coach the Lions, so to really make it extra goff,
0: goff is going to make up for the the last no you got to
1: leave out your team you can't pick your team that's too easy because it's a uh, steelers cowboys for me obviously would be would be the best one but i mean the winner is vikings and bills neither to both oh and four in the super bowl and by law one of them would have to win somebody has to win the game unless some, unless some they, unless un- nobody scores and they just keep playing in overtime and it goes through St. Patrick's Day and then Memorial Day and then we watch, like, we watch uh, the uh, 174th overtime period as we grill our wieners on July so 4th. And it's like, the- well, you guys got to get off the field. The Rams are ready to start 2022 here. Like, we're not done yet.
0: Reading- you want the anti-vax championship game. You want Cousins. <laughs> I'm not thinking about Speasley. that. I'm, I'm thinking about Speasley. fan bases.
1: I'm just thinking about fan bases. That's all. Well, and speaking not- of that, Packers fans are very mad with me because I cracked wise on social media. Rodgers was dancing and I said, like, again, Rodgers is the guy who said no one wants to come here and, and, and they come here to play with me. And so I repeat that and people are like, not cool, Shaq. I thought you were like a man of the people. Why are you like – I have no beef with the state of Wisconsin. It's weird that We're the hero, the yeah. hero of green Bay essentially took a shot at the people who choose to live there, who buy hey. his Jersey and everything else. That that's a weird move by him. Don't come at me. Packers fans. I'm on hey, your side.
0: Hey, if I was calling the shots around here, we wouldn't be stuck with Devonte Adams. We'd still have Jordy Nelson. <laughs> what are you talking about? 12? You've lost your mind. If I was making the personnel decisions, we'd have a bunch of old guys who suck. Like, what is your point?
1: Who would ever take a vacation in this town? What's next? Terre Haute, Indiana? This place sucks. Like, what? what are you doing, Aaron Rodgers? This isn't <laughs> good is for crazy. anybody. They're anyway, all, I, I have flag. to say,
2: on the topic of the NFC North and Super Bowl matchups, Re- the best revenge game ever would be a Jared Goff-led Detroit Lions team in the Super Bowl in SoFi Stadium. A guy that was kicked out oh, of the Rams and brought right. him there is now back in that city and winning with this team that nobody's giving a chance to. And yeah. I bet you get
0: a good number. Oh, man. I bet you can get a good number. on
2: that. I would love it for him personally. That's, that's, that's what I'm rooting for outside of the Giants. All right.
1: Of all the people who need you, Eddie, Sp- I, I love the idea. I mean, that would be a fascinating narrative to to run up to the game. But of, of all the people on planet Earth, you're rooting for right now, it's Jared Goff.
2: Yeah, I feel. I don't know why I like Jared Goff. He just to me, he seems like a guy that like just took a beating constantly throughout his career. Never gives anyone lip. He's just kind of like there. I feel for the guy. He seemed like he was you know a nice enough dude on Hard Knocks and whatever. And he just like okay, you're going to leave Los Angeles, from the state you're born in, and played college football, and you're going down to Detroit, Michigan, the worst roster, and they've been terrible for years and years and years. And it's like yeah, we're going to bring in the Stafford guy, and everyone's so like happy now in brand new stadium. He can't get any of that um, with fans in it at least anyway. So it's like, yeah, of course I want to root for a guy like that.
1: Boy, I love, I love though. that you came up with that spaghetti. That's exactly right. That would be the greatest story ever for him to give a middle finger running off of SoFi Stadium. Headed back to Detroit,
0: everybody. It is crazy when you – I mean, this speaks to quarterback and the capriciousness of the position. But, like, when you go back to that Chiefs-Rams shootout, you know, I mean, obviously Mahomes – everyone knew Mahomes was Mahomes. But, like, this golf guy is going to be – Around he's gonna be he's gonna be putting up numbers for a long time, you know? And then and then Belichick dials up the zero blitz and he lost the ball to Steven Gilmore. And it's like, oh, he sucks now. What 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 happened? What? It was that quick. It was that crazy. It
1: is. It is a funny thing. And it is a a kind of a subtle truth that once somebody shows you the roadmap to stopping a QB, everybody can just pick up on it and follow the exact same plan. And Belichick has done that any number of times. And as far as that goes, and then we'll get into our picks. The other thing too, is this thing of like, I know we're all, you know, trying to project what's going to be and punditry is our, is our business and all that. But I, It is crazy that Belichick is regarded as the greatest football mind of the 21st century or perhaps in all of time. Then there's Sean Payton, who is a close offensive wizard, you know, second to, uh, you know, Belichick in terms of coaching uh, prowess. And Kyle Shanahan is also held up there, too. And and everybody can't help, like, what a— Taysom Hill—that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Kyle Shanahan's going to play both those quarterbacks. That won't work. Like you know better than those guys. We really get out. We, we really get uh, outside ourselves. We don't play within our talk within ourselves. As is so often uh, advised for the players. Um, I'm fascinated by that too. I. I think it will definitely work both. I love the idea of throwing Taysom Hill in the red zone. I'm not sure about Trey Lance. I think that's just a bridge to getting Trey Lance in there full time because I don't know exactly what Jimmy G does better than Trey Lance right now. But either way, I love the second guessing of the coaches who we must praise wildly, but then also like, what are they? I don't like what they're doing there. Anywho, best bets, hit it, Hench.
0: Okay, well, we'll, we'll start with coaches because you mentioned uh, a handful of the greats. Um, Kyle Shanahan plus 1600 to win coach of the year but I like another guy in that division at plus 1600 it came up in our little uh in our little fantasy gambling draft that we did a couple nights ago Sean McVay plus 1600 I love that Rams team I I you know I think Stafford Cup, Woods, that ball's going to move up and down the field that defense is really good and uh and that coach is good I like Sean McVay plus 1600 uh, of all the coaching, you know, because basically Belichick can go 14 and two. He's not going to win coach of the year. They they don't, they don't, they don't count. They don't count him. They don't, oh, you know, not so. this
1: time, not this time though, Hench if right. it, after, after the discussions that we've had and the world has had for the last 18 months, if they hit double digits, Belichick is the coach of the year unless Brandon Staley wins the AFC West. That would be the only asterisk I would put next to that.
0: Now, uh, hey, real quick on the Rams front. Uh I've got Matthew Stafford. I just went to my keeper roster. I know this is I know this is a sore spot for you, Sheck, My other league. Um the XFL. Stafford. I have Stafford at four dollars. Now he's listed in all the cheat sheets around seven. You know, so it's like, but the question is, he's gonna take a leap, right? I mean, that 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 team's gonna score. Like, you think, do you think, I mean, he's 10, he's, he's, he's like number 12 in the preseason rankings. Do you think, do you think uh, up arrow on Stafford or or the same or down arrow on production?
1: Don't care. Eddie Spaghetti, you can handle this one. I don't weigh in on minor league crap. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I care. I care about our league. I don't, I, and when I say our league, I mean that capitalized, the NFL, you, you, the National Football
2: League. I like Stafford in terms of fantasy this year because they, ha- McVeigh's a passing offensive minded guy, and obviously Cam Akers was supposed to be the guy there, and they have to make trades. To bring Sony Michelle. I don't really love their running game. It Seems like they really believe in Darrell Henderson, so I think they're gonna throw the ball up. So I, I like. But so. their running game
0: is Cup and Woods, right? I mean, that's like you know with Akers. All right, I'm keeping him at four dollars. Um, my second pick. So, how dare you? How dare it, it, you bring that league sorry, up on I'm this sorry. show? I, that was not, that was not cool. I love I'm it. Mad. You know, that was, that was, uh, you having, that was Tua having to find out how much <laughs> I wanted Deshaun Watson on the team. Sorry. Um, so you mentioned like this, this COVID thing is going to happen in the NFL and the NFL is going to be, you know, the NFL has gotten out in front of it and said like, you're going to forfeit. Like you're not, we're not moving stuff around, right? That's the, you know, keep your shit together. So the Red Sox have spent the last two weeks leaving their best players in the hotel rooms of America. They left Kiki Hernandez in Cleveland. He's quarantining in Cleveland. They got to Florida, shocking, 48 hours in Florida, another outbreak, Um, Xander Bogart stuck in a hotel room in Florida, so they're limping back to Boston without several of their best players, a couple of pitchers, and the, and the, and the Indians come into town this weekend. And uh, tomorrow, Friday, Cal Quantrill goes for the Indians against the Red Sox all-star ace Nathan Evaldi. I guess 1A now that Sale's back. Um, so you're going to get a nice price on that game. Cal Quantrill 1.76 ERA in his last 10 starts for the Indians against a lineup that will have at least two non-major leaguers in it. The Red Sox are playing their sixth string second baseman. I've never seen a guy as overmatched as Jack Lopez in the major leagues. It looked like fantasy, you know, fantasy camp. Like one of us has been invited to face major league pitching. 0-4 with three strikeouts and an error on a routine ground ball to second. So uh, even though they think Kiki's coming back, um, it guys don't really just hit the ground running after COVID. Like I, I feel like that is you're going to get a great price on uh, Cal Quantrill and the Indians in Boston on Friday, and then my third pick, also based on our awesome fantasy gambling draft that we did a couple nights ago. So. Harry picks the Iowa State to win the national championship. What is so it with Harry story.
1: and this Cyclones team? He's in love with we, them in we, a way I never We just
0: start we just start ganging up on him and just we just start hammering him. And he fires back at us with facts for half an hour. Like we keep making fun of him and then he comes back at us with facts and I'm like, "Jesus. He's got some pretty good reasons for liking this Ohio- this Iowa State team." So I was thinking like, well, what if I... You You
1: can name teams, you can name players on the team too. That's what, the facts were naming players.
0: (laughs) No, but you know, beating Oklahoma last year, whatever. Anyway, he he convinced me by the end, I'll still make fun of him, of course, but he convinced me by the end of that argument, Iowa State giving 31 and a half to Northern Iowa. If they are a juggernaut, they're winning that game 45 zip. I'm laying the 31 and a half with Iowa State because my main man, Harry has got me on the cyclone train that is that's a lock they're going to the national championship game
1: well i don't know about any of that I, I i do like that pick i do think for for what it matters iowa state has iowa and oklahoma and maybe oklahoma again if they're as good as uh as the cyclones are supposed to be andy staples kind we brought this up actually to him and um he kind of talked me into it and buttressed by buttressed it buttressed by Harry as well. Um I think nine and a half is too low. I am gonna go double digit wins for Iowa State. So there you go, Harry. I'm I'm kinda on board with you a little bit. I don't think they're going I don't think they're gonna beat Oklahoma and go to the final four. It doesn't hit the year right. I'm sorry that, that if that's a spoiler alert for anybody, but what more evidence do you need that the, the, that the committee isn't putting a team like Iowa State or someone of that caliber into the Final Four. They do it based on ratings. Ergo, they put the blue blood programs in there whenever they have a choice to do it. And that's that. I mean, what? Spaghetti, I I know you kind of disagree with that on some level, but or, 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 or am I putting words in your mouth with that assumption? I mean, there just isn't much evidence that they put anybody out. We could put Notre Dame in, done. Georgia, I'll get them in there. They like big
0: audiences
2: well i was talking to hench about this uh, off air too about uh, iowa state and i just hey
0: eddie, uh, eddie when were when were we uh when were we talking about that Why
2: we're only we waiting for dave because oh
0: right uh, right 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 right. i was just having trouble yeah, placing yeah, yeah. it yeah we, we, were on. Sorry, we were i'm we sorry Listen, time. i got off the
1: treadmill and i was all sweaty and i didn't want to disrespect you and by the way some of the audience who sees our clips which uh, i hope you'll follow along um, like I say, ma- uh, minus three pod on social media. A lot of feedback, some critiques on uh, on Damashek's mustache. On the what do Maron. you think?
2: Yeah,
1: it's not a Mark Maron. I- I'm Wade Garrett from uh, from Roadhouse. That's the effect I'm looking for here. Do you see that, Hench? What's your review of my mustache?
0: It's fantastic. It's like uh, your- it's it's healthy. It's manly. It's a little Ned Flanders.
1: No, I see we were on the right. We were going <laughs> no, in the yeah, right sure. direction there. We were doing good work there. Uh, well, to a fellow uh, lefty Ned Flanders. To, but anyway, to
2: answer ahead. your Iowa State, I just think it's tough in a season with when you it's you have four spots of the plus and you have five probably tier one teams. So I think, and then Stables made the argument that the best team outside of that group could be Oregon, and Oregon probably has the easiest path because they don't have an Oklahoma.
1: Nouveau Riche. T- yeah, right. they,
2: they don't have an Oklahoma-type team sitting in their conference. So if if Oregon, you know, goes undefeated, it's like, how are you going to not have the Pac-12 winner? in the final four. So I think that's what's tougher. I would say, like you said, if they, even if they beat Oklahoma once, I had to beat them a second time. The game versus Iowa is tough. You know, it's the big Twelve isn't that difficult, but it's, uh, it's hard to, for me to put them leapfrog and Ohio state, the two sec teams, Oklahoma, and, uh, you know, and and a team like Oregon if they do run the table. So I, it's tough. It's
1: wishful thinking is what it amounts to is people want people are tired of the final four. And it's why Kirk Herbstreet is ultimately right. Even though I argue against from uh, somebody who believes in merit should win the day. That's not where college football is headed. They're going to flood the tournament with, you know, 10 teams, 12 teams, whatever it's going to end up being. But Street's ultimately right, because as it stands, it's going to be this it's going to be four of the same five teams perennially if we don't shake it up. It's just going to be the same teams. But the the advocacy for, like, Iowa State or UNC or one of these teams is just, we want somebody new in there. It's just not going to happen, though. It's not going to break that way at any point, especially when you still have human decision-making going on about who deserves it more, when they can ultimately generate ratings, ESPN and otherwise, by putting the the juicier program in there. Spaghetti. I got
0: I got no. news for you. It's still going to be the same four teams even after they shake it up.
1: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) in the final four? Yeah, right. You're right. (laughs)
0: Hey, we shook it up. Look at these blowouts. Now here we are.
1: All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll, you know what? That'll be okay with me, actually. I Speaking of see- which, spaghetti,
0: start us off go with ahead. your yes, glossy Yes, yes, uh,
2: But quickly before I get to the best bets, because uh, Hench, you bringing up our futures draft. I'm assuming it will be on our extra points site very, very soon, so I'll pull back the curtain a little bit. We are actually revamping the site, like a new engine and stuff. So once that's all cleared and squared away, which I think is happening tonight, I'm sure the new picks will be up there, because we just did a few days ago. That was very, very fun. And I'm, I think everyone could uh, go track it down very, very soon. But, yes, best bets. This is so great. Finally can give... You know, I love giving futures picks, but we're finally giving like weekly college football and eventually pro football picks, so I'm very, very happy. Um the best game of the weekend I think sneakily might may be the Alabama Miami game. So that's not a best bet. That's a best game to watch. I think everyone's obviously talking about Clemson, Georgia. I think that's going to be a really, really close game. So just keep an eye out for that one. But let's start off with my best bets here.
1: Kind of a bold prediction by itself there, Spaghetti. I, so Miami's going to hang with that. Yeah,
2: I, that's basically what I'm floating at. Is I think well, Alabama's losing a lot of players. A lot of guys to the pros and Derek King is pretty good and Bryce Young will be a household name. But I think early season, I think we're going to have a, a classic on our hands there. So hopefully gonna wait for that because I, I could definitely use another great SEC game versus a potential ACC winner. But I'll start off my best bet. The first one, not being a homer picks, I'm not really sure how I feel about this Notre Dame squad yet. But I will say right now on Fandle.com slash minus three, it's Notre Dame giving seven and a half uh, at FSU. They're going down to Doe Campbell Stadium. Look, this is not... An FSU team of old, they're relying on a bunch of transfers, and their team has been pretty terrible. Obviously, now under Mike Norvell, they're going to try to turn things around. It's not going to happen just yet. They're near the bottom of the ACC, and that's for Notre Dame. Bring in new defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman to take over Clark Lee. I think you're going to see a guy like Kyle Hamilton have a really, really big game, who's an arguably top five player in the country. Jack Cohn, who's coming over from Wisconsin, taking over for Ian Book, Ian Book was a great Notre Dame quarterback, but never really pushed the ball down the field. I think you'll see more of that with Jack Cohn. The running game is established. Obviously, Chris Tyree, Kyron Williams, two great backs. Michael Mayer, Minnie Gronk at tight end. He's a five-star. He's going to be awesome. So I like Notre Dame to put up some points and win that game pretty handily, uh, given the 7.5, like I said. The other game I like, I'm still a UNC guy. I know there's been back and forth, and he's talked about it. Are they as good? as maybe a Clemson team, unsure. I think they can handle right now the lines at minus six and a half versus vatech uh, They're at Tech. They are ret- returning eight starters on offense, including the entire O-line, which Andy Stables did say, and nine on defense. Yes, I know. No more v- Javante Williams and, uh, and Michael Carter now in the NFL. But Sam Howell is the has the most touchdown passes and passing yards for any returning quarterback. He is by far the best quarterback, I think, in college football. And Mac Brown's building a really, really good program in North Carolina. They've just been improving underneath him. By the way, has the most uh, he's the active coach with the most amount of wins in FBS so good for Mac Brown mm. so I like them uh, minus six and a half to beat up on vodtech I know check you're kind of against that pick and uh, I'll, I'll pick the big game uh, Clemson Georgia last a bonus quickly one here LSU on the road at UCLA, uh, UCLA giving uh, two and a half points. They're returning 18 starters. I know they had a bad year last year. They only returned five starters last year, obviously coming off the Joe Burrow National Championship year. It was their only non-winning record year since 1999, and they lost to three unranked opponents. Like, that's just not going to happen again to an LSU team who recruits very, very well. We saw the end of the last year they won two straight games. They did beat a really good Florida team. There's just no way LSU is going to be what they were last year. They're going to be a lot better. And I see a, you know, a pretty good, sizable victory for LSU on the road uh, at the Rose Bowl versus UCLA. And now, obviously, the granddaddy of Week 1 is Georgia versus Clemson. I like Georgia a lot. I like Georgia plus 2.5. I think they could win this game and shock people just to show how really good they are. Uh, they've only had four losses since 2017 to non-SEC teams. They've pretty much gotten whooped by Alabama every year, but they don't lose to non-SEC teams. Zamir White hasn't been talked about enough. Everyone's kind of focused on JT Daniels, who I love, but Zamir White, the running back, you know, he could be a dark horse Heisman candidate. Um, They have six five-star recruits on defense, uh, including one former Clemson player who's a five-star there now, so I know the defense last year, they did lose some guys at the draft, but they are going to pick things up. They're returning a bunch of stars on offense. They're a pretty dynamic team. Uh, Look, I know Alabama is the, the clear favorite. I could see Georgia winning the SEC. And I think they're, they're well on their way to a playoff and potentially a championship game, and this is where it's going to start week one. They will get a win in Charlotte.
0: Well, I, Georgia versus Iowa State in the, in the championship ooh. game. Um, I, I like that idea. Like Good news, LSU returning 18 starters. Bad news, they suck. <laughs>
1: That's it. Exactly They're what terrible. I was thinking when you when Spaghetti said that. I know the petty. They, they were younger players.
0: Coach, coach, we got 18 starters back. We got to start the same fucking oh, guys. Oh, no oh. go
1: Tigers. great. Oh, well, don't forget their quarterback. Their quarterback,
2: Brennan. They lost him in like what? Week 2 or week 3 with like a rib injury and he's coming back and he, so they they had a lot of issues last year. They're going to be a much better team.
0: It just think,
1: makes me laugh. I mean, you know, Coach Joe can do whatever he wants for the rest of his life, and he'll be nothing but hailed uh, down in the bayou uh, for good reason. But, I mean, that, which is the blip, that the Joe Burrow magic run or the other few years that surround it with uh, with LSU? They're good, but they're not a world beater. Coming across the country, Chip Kelly, I mean, you know – it. It was a long time ago now, but let's remember what he was able to build up in Oregon um, a a decade ago. If you're an optimist, glass half full, and it's powder blue, then um, I think this is the time to get in on Chip Kelly's team. I am actually going to go with the home team there, plus two and a half. Maybe, I'm not, not a homer pick, except for the fact that I'm in Los Angeles saying this. I just would like for the Pac-12 to, to resonate a little bit more this season. We have these games on late night. Wouldn't it be nice to be watching games of import um, under the cloak of night after a day of watching nothing but college football leading up to it, it would be fun. And there's a chance with USC and Utah, there's some decent teams in the PAC 12 and, uh, and UCLA with that performance against Iowa enough to inspire me to, uh, to say, uh, the home dog plus two and a half, uh, for the powder blue UCLA. Um, next, you know, I'm excited about Kenny Pickett's pit Panthers. Um, I think they go over for the the season win total they go over seven they they're tangling with umass and uh we talked to the sports consigliere dave sharapin the uh the former bookmaker in vegas last week on his podcast and i asked him like what goes into making a line like 37 and a half like who is it a joke when you put the hook in there like (laughs) what who's that for he's like he's like absolutely he said i mean it's ridiculous i mean how how would you possibly gauge like yeah in the in the early fourth quarter when the good team has in its third string guys we expect them to Back off a little bit and then the bad team to score a late touch, th- thereby uh, the hook. W- I mean, like, what are we talking about? It's ridiculous. Pitt is not a team that with Kenny Pickett or otherwise has been known to put up gigantic point totals. That's too many points. <laughs> 37 and a half. I'll take UMass. They'll win. The pit will win the game, but they're not going to cover that number. And. Um, And I will go against Eddie Spaghetti here once again. I said it yesterday. I will say it again now. I'm taking Clemson in a weird way. The sports gods smiled on Clemson when they sat Trevor Lawrence down last year to give DJU valuable reps under center. I would go with Georgia if DJU were uh, were an unknown product he is not we saw how good he is in against Notre Dame last year I think he shows up in a big spot here gets the season started off right and by the way Clemson must have I don't know how much the 19 year olds in Dabo's locker room Consider these sorts of things in early September, but Clemson needs this one more than Georgia does. Georgia could lose this. And if then they sweep the table in the SEC, they still go to the national title game. Clemson loses this one. They're going to have a tough case that they still deserve to go if they even if they sweep the table in a mediocre ACC. So there are my picks. Um for this uh, this glorious first weekend of uh, of college football action, and we're now seven days away from pro football's kickoff, and we're five days away from the league of record, the fantasy league of record, where Dave Dameshek's Cool Cats will be kicking someone out as we do every year at that draft. That'll be exciting stuff. Hey, fellas, if I haven't mentioned it already, football season is in fact here. And if you've never bet on the NFL before, there's never been a better time to give FanDuel Sportsbook a shot because right now you can place your first bet risk-free. You heard me, right? You'll get up to $1,000 back even if you don't win. FanDuel gives you so many bets to choose from, the same game parlays, player props, team win bands. That's right. You don't even have to hit the exact total of wins or losses that they'll have. You can pick a band somewhere between, say, 9 and 11 wins or 12 to 17 wins, so on and so forth. And of course, these are the reasons that FanDuel is the number one rated sportsbook app in America. The fast payouts, it's so easy to use, safe and secure. You'll get your money back inside of 24 hours spaghetti it's here we don't need to speculate anymore let me start us all off here you've heard me say the tennessee titans is the number one seed a great bet to make it fanduel.com slash minus three the word minus the number three and of course make sure you're using that promo code to help your pals out over here at minus three Plus 1,700 is where you can get the Titans and a soft AFC South to get that. And, of course, the season kicks off with the Cowboys at the Buccaneers. Brady and company getting seven and a half. You know what? I say that they're going to cover that. I like Tom Brady and company to win by double digits to kick the season off. How say you, Spaghetti?
2: Yeah, to stay with that game, uh, a couple things I do like. The Dallas Cowboys race to 10. Uh, first team to score 10 points, obviously made famous by, uh, you know, Cousin Sal and the the degenerate trifecta doing their race of 10 in basketball. But I think – uh, you know, with the first game of the season, and yes, I know I talked about the Bucs' defense being really, really good last week, I think they will settle in the second half. But the first team to get to 10 points, I think, will be the Dallas Cowboys because they have the dynamic receiver. I could see CeeDee Lamb breaking one. I could see Dak doing the read option, scrambling, getting field goal range. I could see them getting to 10 points first before the the, the uh, Buccaneers' defense settles in there and uh, ultimately wins that game in the second half. Another thing I like, too, going into halftime, first half spread, Dallas plus 4.5. If you want to do the over, you could same game parlay that, over 51.5. I could still I could see the teams maybe the Bucks scoring 30 plus Dallas defense is not very good I could see Dallas being in the uh, low 20s uh, points wise so over 51 and a half Dallas plus four and a half first half spread and Dallas uh, race to ten is plus 166 those are some bets I like from that game.
1: All right. Very nice. I mean, history does not uh, really smile on the road team in that season kickoff. The defending champ at home tends to win that game and they tend to win it pretty handily. But either way, go with spaghetti, fade them, join Damashek. Make sure you're using the promo code minus three again, the word minus the number three to bet NFL risk free up to one thousand dollars on FanDuel Sportsbook. Down, Download FanDuel today and use the promo code MINUS3. But right now, I just want to cede the floor to you guys. You can either talk about the weird week of the Metropolitans, um, in which they perform better than the New York Yankees, um, or you can talk about the collision course your two teams are on, a one-game playoff. Of course, men of a certain age, people of a certain age, harken back to 1978, I remember laying on the floor Uh, In our den, growing up, my old man, a diehard Red Sox fan, and he will bend your ear about that. Hench, have you ever gotten trapped by the old man? No. Never. Really, that's funny. If you have a Red Sox hat on, as our pal Tony Barbieri did once, I was like, he's not really a big Red Sox fan, so don't bend his ear. Nevertheless, 45 minutes later, I see Tony with the old man in his ear. He's like, and then in 47, Ted Williams played, and he went to there. But uh, well, Enos Slaughter, he, well, Slaughter the made the mad
0: dash. If he sees me in a Red Sox hat and starts talking to me, it wouldn't. he wouldn't be trapping me. It would be like Chinese handcuffs. <laughs> Our wives would be like, <laughs> We gotta go. And I'm like, he's talking about when they started Denny Gale House in the 49 game. It's a crazy decision. <laughs> well, I, I agree. We, we I agree. Make this happened we could yeah.
1: <laughs> we could just do a whole mini series of hench and my old man talking about Bobby
0: Door. Come on, he just got started. uh, uh the old man, I, man will tell I, you I, he I, would I be do wanna talk about. I want to talk about Chris Sale versus Garrett Cole in a one-game playoff, but okay. first I want to talk about this idea you just pitched, DJU. We get Skrillex and Diplo okay. to teach classes. This is good, this is a fucking money maker. Yes, just get like degenerates with no skills and then go. Hey man, do you want to go make a hundred thousand dollars a week in Vegas doing what? Absolutely nothing, <laughs> DJU. <laughs> it'll be like Trump you, only it'll be real and they'll make money. <laughs> Come DJ, to DJ you, learn how old. to fucking sample other people's music and you you'll set up a residency in Vegas. You'll be a millionaire in three months. DJ you. All right, we stumbled into something. I love it. Go ahead. I
1: love love that this is what's coming. And by the way, I remember 1978 very well, as I was saying, as the old man sweated that one out. That was my first experience um, vicariously with – what the pain of being a red Sox fan was. I I remember that stretch and the old man worrying, Oh no, the red Sox are blowing it. They're going to, the Yankees are catching up to them over the course of the last month or whatever it was. And then it all came to a head with that one game playoff. I remember watching it. I I really inning by inning, how the, how bizarre and fascinating that uh, one game playoff was. Remember Lou Piniella? The, the ball gets in his eyes and Lou Pinella just kind of like Sticks throws the glove his glove out, out yeah. and it hits it. Yeah, I
0: fucking, yeah, I fucking remember. remember? <laughs> it's like asking, it's like asking Ruffian's owner. Do you remember when we had to destroy your horse? Yeah, I remember <laughs> Ruffian's last race. I oh, remember.
1: you're on the Mac Jones. You have nothing to worry okay. about.
0: So, so this is my analogy for that 78 kick in the balls. And by the way, parents getting divorced. It was a fucking 78, like was such a shit show in my life, but so when I was playing Little League, there was a kid named Adam Kate, And you know how like every Little League team, you know, the coach is like trying to get everyone there at bat and they're, they're inning in right field. You know, he's there, everyone's doing their best. And they, and so it was like, and it just worked out that it was like, Oh, we're down a run. The bases are loaded two outs and you got to get this kid is at bat. Right. So So Adam Cate goes up there, Um, he loses track of the count. He's convinced when he swings and misses at strike two that he struck out. He bursts into tears. He's (laughs) disconsolate, he's sobbing, he's sobbing. He can't catch his breath, he can't catch his breath. And then like parents and the umpire are gathering around him to say, Adam, Adam, it's Adam. Adam, breathe, breathe. It's only two strikes, buddy. It's only two strikes. Oh, no, you're not out. out. (laughs) out. You got to get back up there. You got to get back up there. It's like, Oh, oh, I've only got two strikes. Now, you know what happened, right? Of course, of course. The kid had no chance of hitting the ball. We're all sitting there going, let him process this once. Okay. (laughs) Let him, he's not going to hit the ball please don't send him up there to strike out twice in one at bat. Everyone maneuvers him back into the batter's box so he can strike out again and start the whole process again of just wailing. You lost this game for us twice. You fucking stiff. Anyway, (laughs) this is, so that's my analogy. What everyone. So so what you're saying is
1: Adam didn't have his cake and eat it too. He didn't have his cake. He had his K and ate
0: Uh, it twice. Very nice. Um, so my, my analogy is what people forget about 1978. They remember the Red Sox had a 14 and a half game lead that they blew three and a half back with seven to play. So we have we have processed it. We have Adam this fucking collapse. We, we cannot believe what our team did to us. Fred Lynn, George Scott. Dwight Evans, nobody could get a hit in the second half of that season. We're 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 just fucking sad. They win the last seven games to force a playoff against Ron Guidry, and they go, hey, hey, little buddy, you're still in it. Get back up there. Get back in the batter's box. Like you, oh, we can win. We can win. No, you can't win. Lou Piniella's gonna stick his glove out, and the ball's gonna find it, and Bucky Dent's gonna hit one into the net and you struck, you struck out again to lose the game twice. That was the, the amount of processing we had already done only to be dragged back into that one-game playoff. Now, that said, the Yankees this year, um, their worst-case scenario is one-game playoff against Chris Sale. They would much, much rather one-game playoff against the A's, one-game playoff against the J's, Uh, one game playoff against the Mariners would be great. But so what they're hoping to avoid is Chris sale in one game. Um, I do think the Red Sox are going to hang on to that second wild card. Um, Six innings from sale, two innings from Whitlock. Don't know how they get the last three outs, but that, that, I mean, Schwarber endeavors could conceivably hit, hit Garrett Cole. Um, but the, then the, and then the real hope because now I've shifted into anyone but the Yankees mode the Dodgers are the Dodgers are a super team this this team they Max Scherzer. it's crazy six, it's unfair. six starts, 1. I, 1.29 era team is six and0 and it's six starts so they're my ba- they're my fail-safe backstop if all these other you know if if the Astros and the Rays can't stop the evil Empire um but I think that Red Sox, are probably are the, the Yankees would probably be minus, minus 180 against Chris Sale, I bet. Garrett Cole against Chris do Sale. you really?
1: Okay, I guess yeah. I, that about makes sense. You know, it's funny um, that uh, the Giants have done basically what you described last week you were hoping for the Red Sox to do, which was to lose to the Rays so that they would hold on to first place and force the one-game playoff you described uh, against the Yanks. The Brewers, in a weird way have have hurt their cause because they're going to win their division but by beating the Giants they now put the Dodgers in the first place they, they hammered the Giants too good this uh these last few days because now the Dodgers probably aren't going to relinquish first place thereby meaning that the making the uh the 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 Dodgers improving their chance although i guess if there's anybody's going to beat them it's in the it. Belmont
0: Stakes the baseball season it's just it's so long and the Giants just with those little legs spinning as fast as possible and september is the top of the home stretch and the Dodgers go okay we're going to win this division by 7 games everyone will go like what i thought the Giants were leading yeah it, they 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 were reeling them in all summer and uh they just kicked it into high gear.
1: And also, and they, it, and also they added Max Scherzer. <laughs> and Trey Turner. It's, it's really nuts. Crazy. But the, you can plug Max Scherzer in, who's been dominant, as about as dominant as anybody has been over the last five years. Like, yeah, we're just going to plug him into this thing. That's Justin what I
0: t- Turner, not even your best Turner. <laughs>
1: like, it's nuts how good that team That's, is. by the way, that's what I explained to Spaghetti. And I think you kind of get this, Hedge, a little bit. That's what stinks more than any other part of the big spending teams that you can, you you, you know, if uh, Bauer doesn't work out for you uh, for the Dodgers, it's just like, all right, that's a lot of money to waste. Well, that's that. Well, let's move on. Let's go get Max Scherzer now that that's the biggest difference. It's that you can buy your way out of trouble whenever you want to. If you spend like that on the rare occasion that these that the smaller market teams do say like, all right. Let's do it. Let's sign this guy. Let's keep this guy in our uniform long-term. If you do that, if you're Joe Maurer and you do that, you've just scuttled the chances for the franchise for the next six or eight years. That's the the thing that is the real... Uh, double whammy of not just being able to take your players. You can also just purge them if you're the Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox, or otherwise. You just go, ah, that didn't work out. That's too bad. Yeah, we'll, we'll bring Brad Penny and we'll give him a look. He was a borderline Cy Young guy of, a couple of years. We'll add him. He'll, he'll be our seventh starter if we need him. Like, that didn't work out. Oh, yeah, he's not here. Anymore. Nobody could do no, – no. there are like five teams that can get away with playing that Well, kind of the
0: one thing I would say in defense of the Dodgers is they – always have desirable chips in their organization. Like, so, you know, teams, teams who are selling rentals come calling because the Dodgers have, it's not like the Yankees who dupe people into taking their garbage. Um, <laughs> and by the way, as Eddie Spaghetti can attest, th- this cadaver, Giancarlo Stanton, that everybody in New York hates so much, not having a bad season. His, his, his on-base percentage, pretty good. He's about to crest the 500 mark in slugging percentage, and he's going to end up with an 875 OPS. And everybody he's hates the most him. clutch like- Yankee hitter.
2: He's the mo- he has the most hits in the team that puts the Yankees in the lead. And I, it's some guy on Twitter. I think he was like tweeting at all of us after one of the shows. After I think after your um, your big tirade versus the Yankees the, with the trading deadline hench. And a guy was like coming. He's like, "Oh, I would give up." Uh, stand for nothing right now is like then you're clearly not watching the Yankees because he's awesome and and I'm glad he's playing <laughs> the field more and I said it weeks ago play the field he'll bat better and Boone for once is putting oh it's not even really Boone it's like their their group of Ivy League analytics guys but they're putting him in the outfield and they're, they're putting void at DH if they need to and he's hitting and it's awesome I love it
0: it is weird and it gets to the analytics of it all and I know the the uh, the seam heads have been saying this for a little while about defense and range factor. And, you know, most, most chances defensively are routine. The vast majority of defensive chances are pop flies and routine ground balls. But it is weird that you can start three tight ends in the outfield and the ball isn't constantly in the gaps. Like, I don't understand. Like it's, it has not with judge and center and the two monsters flanking him It has had no bearing whatsoever on their success. It's very strange. It does does uh, help.
2: Their arms are pretty good. Teams can't really run on them, but – to to go back to your original point with the the sale versus Cole I I already know how this is going to play out and it's because we do this podcast together and I just know how my sports life has gone recently and I feel like Boston always gets like the edge somehow like this Mac Jones thing that was like the precursor to what's about to happen which is Cole pitches a pretty decent game Yankees somehow get behind like the 7th inning by a run they don't score the run they lose and they don't they don't make the the, pl- the postseason that's what's going to happen they're going to lose to the Red Sox like the Giants offensive line will fall apart oh,
0: great that's great news that's so great then news. I didn't know Daniel, Daniel was Jones guy? will
2: be judged uh, unfairly because of a terrible all line that Gettleman didn't address. So he'll be out of there. I could see the Rangers not making a trade for Jack Eichel and they underwhelm and they trade away Butch Nevis, is going to have a great season for the Blues. And then we're going to, you know, the Knicks, who cares about the Knicks? The Irish will lose a game they shouldn't have lost. And they'll, they'll lose like three or four times this oh, year. It's going to be the most mediocre. you're And,
0: you're, you're and then you're
2: going to be like hilarious in the pod, which is fine for content. I mean, it's fine. I'm not going to be too sad. I'm alive, whatever. Fine but, for
0: content. You make me want to kill myself but it's great for content <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um you know spaghetti don't have all these don't let these experiences happen don't suffer through them prior to them happening <laughs> they're, they're this is happen. why you're miserable
2: the, the, gotta, this yankee game hey, is gonna make why? me oh my god i can already feel the anxiety from watching this game where you're like mother effing the umpire for a ball called in the first inning and your palms are sweating you're holding back back vomit it's gonna be the worst experience ever that game i, I can't It'll be fun i, one game
1: I, do, not I oh, do not want this oh autumn 2021 if you weren't excited already you are now uh, after that's uh, pretty Predictive speech from Eddie.
0: Spaghetti. Hey, here's a question. We'll start with Sheck. Okay. So you can have either of these guys for $1 in this year's fantasy draft in a keeper league. I, I mean, I, I don't give a good goddamn. You're going to be in a keeper league. Your keeper thing's going to win the vote this year. You think year. it is? Okay. All right. Now I'm in. Yeah. You're going to win. So um, Mac Jones or Daniel Jones, $1. Keeper for twenty twenty two, who would you rather have going starting twenty twenty two for a dollar at QB Mac or DJ? Well, I'll say this:
1: outside of odd seven, was Tom Brady ever a good um, fantasy QB? I mean, he wasn't like a top five fantasy QB outside of that one magic year,
0: right? So I he I did win the championship in my third league with him last year.
1: Well, wow, that was a different offense, though. I'm talking about in New England. He was, I, I guess, I, I, yeah. But Danny Dimes could be a backup by this time next year. If, if you know if he doesn't do it this season, who's going out to get him? And the Giants probably aren't going to run it back with him. So, um, I guess Mag Jones. But neither one. I, I'm but not, neither one. You're saying that I'm they'll be, they'll be with guy, right?
0: They'll be available for a dollar for the next ten years. Okay, I kind of agree.
1: Go Fancy get Jared one. Goff. That's uh well, that's the that's uh, the one on the right to rise. give my
2: to give my two cents to answer that question, the, and I am a Mac Jones fan, I've said it on this podcast already, I think he's gonna have a great career and lucky Patriots fans, and I am souring on the Giants O line a little bit, but I think in terms of weaponry, the Giants have better weapons right now offensively than, than the Patriots do, and I will say Daniel Jones is able to run to run. Everyone made like that stat last year where like his top speed was faster than Kyle Murray's. I know it doesn't mean much but he can use his legs if need be. He has put on some muscle in the offseason. His fumbles actually have gone down. People failed to bring that up, but he has done a better job of the turnovers. Only fumbling
0: every other time he gets but hit. it is a
2: lot easier and for him down. to be like, oh, there's Saquon Barkley and a swing pass, and Barkley jukes out one guy and goes 70 yards to the house. Like He has that ability. Kadarius Tony again, he's finally practicing, and people are like, yeah, this guy is scary good. He's another similar thing. He'll throw a quick little button hook. He'll make a guy miss, take it to the house. There is that element to the Giants that uh, I don't think the Patriots have, so I think that Maybe why Jones may get the slight. Uh, Daniel Jones gets the slight nod, but he's
1: year. talking twenty twenty two spaghetti. Well, you're those, projecting but those, ahead. But, not but for Tony
2: this and Saquon aren't going anywhere, so it's what I'm saying is fine.
0: Yeah, Saquon Jukes. Saquon Jukes out one guy and goes seventy yards to the hospital. But that's right. Dimes is at
1: the point. Well, I mean they'll have that year to play with, I guess, to make a final decision on him. But I, I you know, I just don't know that Dimes is going to get any assurances or a long-term deal from the Giants if he doesn't light it up this year. He's going to be in a weird spot a uh, year for. It's going to be again
2: because the, they failed to address the offensive line and it's going to it's it's going to be a mess. I hate everything.
0: Spaghetti. Intractable problem solved first. Giants O-line Israel Palestine. <laughs> which, which one will be a, which one will be solved first? Because I feel like this fucking Giants O line thing has been going mm-hmm.
2: on since since their playoff years since year, Hank
0: since- Graham was coaching in the NFL. I mean, like yeah. I, every year. Hey, man, we got to address this. OI.
2: <laughs> They're trying to now. That's that's the worst sign is like that D- Gettleman did not address it in the in the draft. He made comments saying, I think th- I think we trust our guys here. The media is making too much of it. And then, by the way, the week before the season starts, they just added three guys from different teams, practice squads onto their roster who are now going to start. It's uh yeah, it's going to be it's going to be something so. I'm wearing Andrew Thomas's jersey right now for those who will see, and I'm I'm just praying to whatever God or science there is that this guy just figures it out because they need some they need a bright spot in the old line. That's that's all there is.
1: All right, well let's hope uh, God and science uh, can team up and figure out uh, climate change because it's hammering the Northeast. Best everybody there in the Bayou and otherwise dealing with all the nonsense. Perfectly normal times we're living in. Everybody at least we can be distracted by football, both college and pro, and the Pennant race. Coming down to the wire here. We'll be back after the first weekend of college football to get you right for the first weekend of pro football action. Until then, for the great Kevin Hench and the great Eddie Spaghetti, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.